You're listening to Half Stack Highlights, a blogcast dedicated to showcasing the latest in indie talent, business, and creative opportunities for the dreamer in you. We bring you intimate conversations with up-and-comers, entrepreneurs, and fellow dreamers alike, and we're based right here in Chicago. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Half Stack Highlights. I'm Jen Lazan, Editor-in-Chief of HalfStackMag.com. In today's episode, I'm talking with Chicago-based film director and writer Bradley Bischoff. We recently featured him and his latest feature film Kickstarter project in our Kickstart a Kickstarter column. Brad is such a humble guy with an amazing creative spirit and I knew his project would be perfect for our Explore series here on Half Stack Highlights this season. We talk about his exploration of his craft and the journey from a kid hoping to be a pro skater making reels to pitch sponsors to a young adult finding joy in his passion of telling stories and making films. Brad has this innate creative eye and a knack for storytelling, and his latest project, The Grasshopper, really aims to push his creative ability to bring viewers a story that they can connect with. Throughout this episode, we talk about his goals behind this project, how he goes about exploring characters in his work, what it's like launching a Kickstarter, and so much more. Keep listening for the full interview. All right, so Brad, thank you again for taking the time to talk with us on Half Stack Highlights. I'm really excited to share your story, your journey. So let's kick off with the first question. Can you please tell us a bit about yourself, your background, and what led you to pursue your current career endeavors? I grew up, you know, in the suburbs outside of the city, uh, in Buffalo Grove. Uh, and I feel like I had I, just been talking about this with somebody the other day. Uh, before film, before art, before any of that, you know, I just wanted to be a, a professional rollerblader. Uh, I just, yeah, I just wanted to skate, yeah. you know, so I'd spend all my time, uh, you know, at, at school thinking about skating. After school, I'd go skating. Uh, I worked at one of the biggest in, indoor skate parks in the Midwest with my mom, um, and my dream was just to get sponsored and, and travel the world, you know, just rollerblading. Um, and that that's, yeah, that sort of led to, you know, making skate videos, because the way yeah. you get sponsored is by, you know, submitting your, your, your reel and stuff like that. And that's what you send into companies. You kind of show them what you're capable of. And then I wanted to go a step up and beyond and just putting together your typical, like, you know, trick section. I wanted to make almost like a film out of it. Um, and that's when I kind of, I started meeting and collaborating with Jake Lutzi, who's a Chicagoland cinematographer. And mm-hmm. after we finished that, it was just so much fun that we just wanted to start making short films and music videos and and then yeah it was kind of right around the time when I was in high school and there was a, a, a media production class and you know I, I, I guess I, I sort of just dived right in I never looked back and That's I just awesome. it, it just felt so good yeah I never wanted to do anything else. <laughs> That's awesome <laughs> it's like you you come from these childhood dreams right and you'd never think in a million years that you'll get to the point where you are eventually but I mean obviously there's a lot of hard work that went into that too. So did you go to school then for film, cinematography after high school? Yeah, so there was a college, you know, I've, I've always been kind of close to home. I never, you know, from the suburbs and I never really traveled much outside of, you know, in many ways I had friends joke and say I'm like the sheltered kid from the suburbs who doesn't know anything about the world, you know. And uh, so I, I don't know, I first, I, I went to Columbia College, Chicago downtown uh, I, and I, I would commute, I would take the train in and then go back to my parents' house. So I kind of had like, you know, a lot of part-time friends, you know, because uh, yeah. a lot of people I went to high school with moved or, you know, left the, left the state. Um, and, and so that, you know, I would have that commute and that, you know, that was for four years. And it wasn't until I met Miguel 
school very quickly. He was my first film teacher there uh, who mm-hmm. really kind of opened my eyes and, and, and changed my life. Um, I remember sitting in his class and I would have to commute. So I'd get there so early. I'd be there like, you know, I'd, I'd be there by 6 a.m. Um, mm-hmm. And he he walked in the class and he was so young. I thought he was another student. Um, <laughs> and he, he just started playing the Rolling Stones uh, and was just one of the coolest guys I'd ever met. And then, like, you know, 30 minutes later, all the other students filter in the class, and then he just starts teaching. I'm like, oh, my God, he's the teacher. Um, <laughs> awesome. It was really cool. Yeah, and so, I don't know, we kind of, you know, beyond the classroom, we started a friendship, and he inspired me to, to travel. And uh, it was because of him that I took my first film that I ever did at Columbia and submitted it to the Cannes Film Festival, and it ended up taking me to France for eight days. Uh, and that was my first time traveling outside of the country, you know, and it was it was eye-opening and, and, and beautiful and amazing. And so I started doing that a lot more and, and chasing those opportunities. And, and, and yeah, I kind of credit him to being the one to, to show me the door and I walked through it, you know. That's awesome. So you, you sent in that first film, right? And what was that, your senior year of college? Junior year that was of my, college? It was, no, that was kind of like technically freshman, sophomore year. I can't wow. now I'm thinking. Yeah, it was my first film, you know, so it was. It was my first film at Columbia. So how many how many films after that did you did you like were you trying to do something every year? How did you build up that body of work? Yeah, so he another thing I credit Miguel to is like, you know, no matter what you do, if you make one solid film production a year, you know, like at least get one thing that you're very proud of a year, uh, you know, that's a good that's a good sort of pace to keep. And if you know if you're if you're lucky, you can do more than that. But at a minimum, have one film a year. Uh, and so I kind of stuck with that. I'd make one, you know, you know, well-rounded short film, develop it for you know a couple months. You'd produce it one month, and then be in post for a few months, and then give or take, you know, with all the checks and balances that come along. Next thing you know, mm-hmm. it's a year later. So, you know, I, I for all four years in college, you know, I I tried to to keep that average. And then after college, it gets a little bit more difficult, but you have to do a lot more disciplined you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah and then so yeah I tried to keep that average for a while and then sometimes I'd get lucky and get you know two or three but then it would average out the next year where I wouldn't get any <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so yeah, yeah it's kind of it, it's difficult but that was the thing I liked about school is you know it sort of gives you a deadlines to meet you know what I mean because yeah. you have to yeah. you have to have it done so after college I think the biggest the biggest thing for me was trying to trying to make sure you still had that, you know, deadline, even though it's a little more internal. Exactly. No, I totally know what you mean. I think about it now, and it's with half-staff, like, I'm the one that's managing those deadlines, and I, like, I think about them, like, I'm, like, my worst enemy. I keep on my own ass in order. Yes. Like, I set out our deadlines a year in advance, and I'm like, this, you know, June 15th is our next one. That is our release date, and I'm the one that's up until 5 a.m. June, you know, yes. June 15th, releasing the next issue. And it's just you need so much dedication to be able to do that. Not a lot of people can do that and be able to maintain those things and be self-aware and conscious of, you know, holding yourself accountable because it's not like it's a homework mm-hmm. assignment where you're turning something in. And I think that's what's really unique and interesting. And I think it's such a great point that you bring up when I – and I talk to my students, I'm kind of like a Miguel, but in the fashion industry, like half the time people come in my class and they're like, uh, where's the teacher? And I'm like, hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I always yeah. tell my students, I'm like, you guys, 
yeah, I'm holding you accountable now, but once you are on here, it's you yourself that's holding your, yourself accountable for what yeah, you're doing yeah, if totally. you want to grow. I was going to say, I think I got kind of lucky, too, because, I mean, I had, like, for instance, Jake, you know, was one of four other guys who, you know, we were all making these films together. So it was Jake yeah. Lutsky, Nick Santor, Alex Hidalgo, and Bob Zegler. Uh, and we, we started a company right outside of college. So in many ways, that helped keep us motivated, you know what I mean? Because we were paying yep. our own bills. Yep. Uh, yep. And, and, yeah, so, you know, we kind of were on each other a lot, you know. And so it, it's easier not to drift and have a support system. <laughs> um, so can you tell us then a little bit more about your most recent project and the Kickstarter campaign that you're running for your feature film, The Grasshopper? Yeah, so the, the Grasshopper is a script that I've been working on for a long time. It's going to be my first feature after over a decade doing shorts, you know. And the yeah. one thing I, that I've been saying is, like, I never want to want to feel like I'm doing something just to do it. So, yeah. you know, I, I didn't want to rush into making a feature film because it's such a huge endeavor. I wanted it to yeah. feel right and exciting, and I, I, I want to fall in love with it. Uh, and and so, that in a way, that's kind of why it, it, it's taken so long, but I don't see it as a contest, you know, I see it as just being, you know, something that just feels genuine. Um, so the, the script is, it's a script I modeled after the old fable of the grasshopper and the ant, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've read this. Um, yeah. 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 So, you know, my, my twist on it is sort of, you know, it's the film. So there's been many iterations of the grasshopper and the ant art, uh, a lot in painting and obviously in literature, uh, mm -hmm. but there's been few, uh, film examples of it. And, and even more so, the twist that I have on it, you know, with, with the whole story, as you can tell by the title of the movie, is about the grasshopper uh, squatting in the ant's home. So it, 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 the way I've been calling it, it's my dark version of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And, you know, it, instead of a, a kid ditching class, it's a middle-aged man uh, ditching work. And as the movie goes on, it, it's just a, a, a very heartbreaking uh, tragedy all set in uh, a cl your typical classic traditional American suburb where, where yeah. dreams are supposed to, you know, it's the American dream, uh, yeah. you know, to end up there with a wife and kids and a house and a lawn. Uh, and by the end of the movie, it's just, uh, it, you know, it's, it's this man's tale uh, that ends in tragedy. So um, wow. very excited about it, yeah. I love it. I think that it's interesting to this. You're taking something that is, I mean, I, I think it's commonly known with I'm a, I'm a mom and ASAP tales and all of that. So like, that's something that is common when it comes to the type of literature that I share with my kids. But for you to be able to take it and look at it with a, you know, fresh set of eyes and we're looking at it from both, you know, the beauty of it as well as the darkness of it. And I think that's what's unique to how you create. Um, and I feel like a lot of the stories that, I've seen you make the short films that you've created. They're, they're character studies. Yeah. How do you go about actually developing them and exploring each one throughout your films? And, you know, what's the process that goes into that as you're, as you're creating each of these? Yeah, well, so, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when I made Eyelids, you know, I was very much in love. And, and that's a story of, of love, with, you know, with, with these two characters and, and, and sort of trying to picture love through their eyes right and it's like for everybody loves different and for this kid you know it's like he wanted to live on the inside of her eyelids you know so it's like exploring that like as truthfully as possible and then with my next film wet you know i made it when i was a student and i felt you know very much like an outcast because i didn't really have a lot of friends because i was always coming and yeah. going uh so wet is just a visual tale of somebody who doesn't really fit in 
Um, and then with where the Buffalo Roam, you know, that's about me and my brother. Uh, and I made it right the night before I moved out of the suburbs down to the city. Um, and so that film, you know, very much explores that terrain. Uh, and then, as you know, you know, I recently became a father. Um, mm-hmm. And my la- my most recent short film is called Lady of the House. And it's all about, I mean, as you can tell, the lady of the house, uh, yeah. who, who is traditionally supposed to stay home and take care of the kid, right? And it's like, yeah. to me, that's just so insane. It's just the craziest job in the world. And I feel like it's little recognition. Um, yeah. And I would always feel this, like, overriding sense of guilt whenever I leave the house to go to my job. And it's like, you know, this beautiful woman with hopes and dreams of her own is just supposed to stay at home. You know, yeah. it's like, what about her day? What about her life? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I feel like step by step, all these stories are just sort of, I'm trying to tap into the ether of the day that I'm living in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I think you do such a beautiful job of it too. It's like a lot of it is really raw and, and, you know, and sometimes, you know, some of your shorts, you don't even use that many words and it's just the music and the scenery and the visuals of everything are so impactful. I want my films to feel as real as possible, you know, and I feel like a lot of times in life, you know, people just, people just think they're in their own heads, they're in their own minds and your film should be very visual and not just packed with, with words and pages, you know, it's like, let me see these people existing. So, you know, that's what I'm trying to do with the grasshopper too. It's very much about, you know, millennials and how we're trying to live our lives nowadays. You know, everybody wants to be their own boss. Um, Everybody wants to be a grasshopper. We kind of forget about the ant, you know what I mean? Um, So yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm also trying, I'm not, I'm not trying to demonize one or the other. And in the fable, it, it, it always, you know, in most of the iterations, it always favors the ant over the grasshopper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I want to be very yep. careful about how this film portrays the grasshopper because, you know, the grasshopper is very beautiful too. You know, it's like, I, I don't think everybody should live like the ant. It'd be a very boring yeah. world. I think there's a give and take. Exactly. And there's, but there's a bit of both in each of us in our humanity. There's the side that wants to be free and joyful and and playful and do you know all the fun things concerned there's that logical side of us that's like oh crap i gotta pay the freaking bills i gotta go to work i got this this and this to do yeah. i have to be a parent there's, and that's what i'm yeah. saying though like I, I feel like a lot of people succumb to this to the lifestyle of the ant because they feel like that's what they're supposed yeah. to do because yeah. that you know because like you said you have to pay your bills you have to do this you have to do all those things yeah but to but to look at the if the, if the grasshopper is the clown you know, yeah, I, I I just think that's terrible. I want to I want to pop the grasshopper up. I want to give him some respect. You know, I love it. Uh, I love it. Yeah. I think that's awesome. It's like it's something different in terms of what we're seeing today. I feel like content creation, people who are creating films and videos for YouTube and social media and all of this, it's very linear in how they do things. It's expected. Like I see a lot of the same stuff just being yeah. done, and it's it's awesome to have a unique voice to show something different. I think that's what makes a lot of your work really special. You have this very Well, well thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so, Grasshopper, like you said, it's your first feature film, right? You yeah, it's my first so feature. So many shorts. Yeah. What pushed you towards exploring this new direction? And maybe can you highlight, like, how it's different when it comes to the process of creating, you know, a short film versus a documentary versus a feature for people who, you know, don't work in the industry? Yeah. Um, well, I feel like, you know, with a lot of my short films, it's always just kind of been like, let's just get up and do it. You know, like I'll, I'll, I'll put together a crew of trusted friends and, uh, and put together a very small budget that we can afford 
uh, and we'll all go shoot it together on a weekend. Uh, with the feature, it, I mean, it's, it, it's almost like starting a business, you know. Uh, it, it's a much longer production. Uh, but when you get to production, it's like production is production. That doesn't differ from when you're on the set of a mm-hmm. short film or a commercial or a documentary. It's just like it's a day of production. So, you know, that doesn't change, but it's, it's almost like you're preparing for, you know, the Chicago Marathon as opposed to going through a jog in the forest. You know, it's just, yeah. it's different. You know, you have to, you have to pace yourself. You have to, you know, you have to train, you have to yada, yada. And the biggest thing I'm battling right now is just, it's just trying to get the damn thing off the ground because it, it costs yeah. a lot more money than a short. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of what led to, you know, let's just launch a Kickstarter and get in, you know, just get, get uh, what we need to at least get this thing off the ground to produce yeah. it. It's hard. It's tough. I believe me. I know. Well, Kickstarter campaigns, how they've changed from when I launched Tapstack four years ago to what they are now. It's yeah. like a full-time job in of itself. Like, oh, my it's God. It's crazy how people, but then again, it, it opens up amazing opportunities, and it's just a matter of not being afraid and just, like, going for it. And I think that's awesome. You're, you're going for it. You're going to make it work. It is. You know, it's a community effort. Uh, trying to get this thing off the ground, people who believe in it, uh, and you know, trying to get the word out there. Who people want, who want to see movies that are different than your, you know, superhero movies in the theaters. Yeah. You know, it's yep. like let's let's see something different. Let's see something that's created, you know, by somebody who has a different vision than what everybody is is saturated with. You know, so it's yeah. like, yeah. you know, trying to let people know about that and, and and supporting your backyard filmmakers in Chicago specifically. That's absolutely. So this. Season, I guess you'd say. I guess it's like our second or third season. No, it's our second season for hashtag highlights. Um, each season, I kind of had kind of like a theme for you know for the episodes and the people that I'm talking to. I'm talking to when I go about like reaching out to do features. Yeah. So the theme for this series is explore. So I want to talk a little bit more about exploration in the creative process of what you do. So exploration in general of yourself, your work. Your art, it's really, really common for those of us in the creative field. But a lot of the time, it's really, really scary to actually do it and do it well and be honest about it. How do you, as a creative, manage to look beyond the surface and actually dive deeper into those topics that you share through your films, even if it's sharing something that might be dark versus uplifting? Yeah, so I mean, I guess the biggest thing I want to say about that is, you know, uh, I can relate it to the longest short film I've done, which is where the Buffalo Realm, and it's the most personal thing I've done, you know, because there, there's no, there's no hiding. It's me and my brother, uh, and we both act in it. And you know, there, there was a period in my life where, you know, I was drinking a lot. Uh, all, my, you know, I was creating my own schedule. You know, all my days were sort of blending into one really long day. You know, like I didn't know when, when the difference between morning and night, besides the light outside. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that went on for a couple of years. And, you know, I, I don't know, I came to some sort of realization at some point when I was watching the sunrise. I'll never forget it. It was, it was the blue before the dawn. You know what I mean? And yeah. that, that brief period of time, is it, it's like 15, 20 minutes before the sun hit. And I was like, you know, I could spend the rest of my life, you know, in the, and I was in the suburbs at my parents' house. I'm like, you know, things could never change. If, if you don't want them to, you could just, you could do this. And, and battle these, these demons internally for the rest of your life, or you can, you know, try and do something uh, with it, try, try and put it somewhere. Um, and I put it into a film. And in many ways, that was me having that conversation with my brother uh, mm-hmm. about what it is we're doing with our lives. 
and yeah. the whole film takes place at night and it ends with the, with the sunrise, you know? Um, and, and, and for me to put that out there was, was very difficult. Um, but at the same time, you, you know, that's my art, you know? So it's like, that's, yeah. that's how I express it and get it off my chest. And when I did that, I felt a lot more comfortable, uh, with who I was and being able to talk to my brother and, you know, just, just facing these insecurities in our everyday lives. I feel like that's almost a part of the evolution that artists, creatives, filmmakers, anyone who does something that is so personal to them. And I feel like art is really, really personal, whether your art is making movies or painting a picture. Yeah, So totally. much of yourself into it, yeah. And, and that's the thing, you know, it's that. like, so, uh, you know, but that's the thing, once you put it out there, it's no longer yours. It, it no longer yeah. belongs to you. Yeah. And when I watch it now, years later, years removed, artistically, I see all these things I would do differently, but it's not mine anymore. You know, yeah. it, it, it's for other people to watch and, and, and get what they get from it. It's its own yeah. life. Yeah, absolutely. Connect from it. And a lot of times those, the stories that we are most afraid to share end up being stories that connect with people so much more than we would have ever imagined and oftentimes change people's lives or or yeah. inspire them. And so do you think that staying here in Chicago has helped or hindered your journey in your career? I don't know. I mean, I used to put a lot of thought into that, you know, like, should I move to L.A. or should I move to New York? Um, and while I was thinking, I was staying here and creating things. And then next thing you know, eight years has gone by. Uh, I'm really happy with the work that I've created here. And more importantly, with the with the people I've met here. You know, I've made some really, really yeah. great relationships uh, that may not have come to fruition had I moved. Um, I think there's a, a, a misconception, right? Like, people people think you have to be in LA to be in movies and that's just not true. Um, that's where a lot of people are that you can connect with, but the way that productions are, 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 are done and and the way directors are coming up and, and, you know, they're just filming personal stories in their own backyards. Uh, and a a lot of times those films go to Vimeo or are released online and they get the attention of someone and, you know, it just, it just springs opportunity. So it's like, you know, similar to the, the work model of our parents, which is, you know, the company worker, the nine to five, you know, it, it, the same thing. You don't have to go to LA and work your way up the food chain, you know, by starting as a PA. It's like, that that's still a model that, that works just like the nine to five still works, but it's just, it's not, it's no longer the be all end all. Yeah. I think technology has a lot to do with that too. Like I feel like things have evolved so much with the internet, with computers, with, you know, smartphones yeah. that more and more people are able to actually do that right It's here more accessible now, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I also think people are less afraid to create, you know? Like, I feel like a lot of people, uh, film has become much more accessible with technology. It used to be this thing that seemed unobtainable, right? Like, it was only yeah. a select group of people who were allowed to make films, and yeah. you do that in Hollywood. Um and it's just it's just not true anymore, um, and that's why I think we're seeing you know we're starting to see different stories, we're starting to see unique uh, and, and and innovative ways to to tell films and push the boundaries of it. However, you know what we see coming out of Hollywood is still unfortunately you know very much uh, I, I would say not a voice of filmmaking as a whole. It's it's still yeah. a very, very specific type of film you're seeing that comes out of Hollywood that that I think you know I don't know if that will change. 
Yeah. What are your goals then for the next, you know, two to three years in your career? How do you plan to continue to work towards them? Well, um, you know, like I, I don't ever want to stop. So, uh, you know, this is, this is my passion, my dream. I want to make this feature film. I want to get it into a festival, um, you know, eventually get it distributed and, and, and hopefully it will bring me to my next project. You know, um, I feel like a, a few years ago, I was going through this thing where, you know, I was kind of closed off. I, I just wanted to like, you know, make, make my, make my own little things. And, and, you know, but then I, I don't know, I came to this, this point where I just, I, you know, I started going to events. I started meeting people, you know, and, and it just, it, it was this very beautiful thing. Like for a long time, I expected people to come to me, you know what I mean? And it's a very selfish mm-hmm. thought, but once you reverted it and you're like, well, wait, maybe they're thinking the same thing about, you know, about, you know, maybe I should be approaching them. It's like dating, you know what I mean? And yeah. I was always waiting for like a producer to find me. And then, I don't know, I started just putting myself out there and just showing up places and having conversations and doing the dance. And, and it's beautiful. It's, it's just meeting people. So, yeah, I don't know. I want to meet more people. I want to make bigger and, and better films and, and hopefully get bigger budgets. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I feel like that whole idea of networking, it can be scary, but you kind of have to do it and it's part of, the whole deal but I feel like if you go in with a genuine you know a genuine personality well, I think that's the thing. It, it starts it starts with a genuine desire to want yes. to meet and connect with someone yes. you know yes. it's like I think I think when it's dirty is when you're trying to meet somebody to, to take something you know and yes. it's like and the same could be said for dating like well are you dating to really get to know this person and, and for you know <laughs> potentially have a relationship or are you just trying to yeah. go out and get late you know, it's like, uh, yeah. hey, both have their merits, right? But, you know. All right. So, finally, then, where can our listeners learn more about you, your work, and where can people go to do the most important thing with Kickstarter, actually donate to the creation of the Grasshopper? Where can yeah, they go so, for all of this? So, here, here's the thing with the Grasshopper. Um, the, the the thing that's, that I think is very cool that we're doing is we're, we're sort of, you know, we're opening the curtain be, behind, you know, how films are made, uh, specifically on a grassroots level. So, you know, if you do want to learn more, go to thegrasshopperfilm.com, and that will take you directly to our website where you can you can donate, you can follow us, you can see behind-the-scenes updates and see exactly how it is we're making this thing come to life. And I do want to stress the importance of, Literally any dollar donation helps. And for $5, you get an amazing award-winning chili recipe that I came up with and I stand by. And, you know, with my wife, it's a stout chili recipe. It's damn good. Um, But beside that, you know, if you donate more, you get different things. So, you know, it's there's a beautiful movie poster that that was made by uh, an artist who's been in Chicago for over, you know, 40 years. And it's a beautiful oil painting that we made prints of and turned into a movie poster. Um, you know, there, there, there's, there's custom beer glasses that we made with the grasshopper on it. Uh, beautiful, beautiful things you can get. So please, you know, check it out. Consider joining us on our journey. Uh, and do know that you will be helping us make this. You will be part of it and it'll be beautiful. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I feel like you balancing the, the rope of, uh, of the grasshopper and the ant. So somewhere in between, uh, I work a nine to five, but I use all my lunch hours to meet with people and, and talk to, you know, for instance, talking to you right now, I sit, you know, I'm using my lunch hour. Um, yeah. And, you know, after work, it's just kind of like, you know, you know, I'm also a father. So balancing the, the line of being a family man and as soon as the baby goes to sleep, you know, working on the next script. So it's like, yeah. it, it's kind of nonstop. 
it's inspiring though. I feel like that's that's what what's gonna get you to where you want. You, you, and, and that's what I was gonna say. That's what I was gonna say. It's like you got it. You know, it's like, and I'm not mad. I love it. You know, I wouldn't change yeah. the world. Uh, it's just kind of yeah. you know where I'm at right now. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this latest episode. If you'd like to learn more about Brad, visit his site, www.bradleybyshoff.com. And if you'd like to learn more about The Grasshopper and donate to the Kickstarter campaign, please visit www.thegrasshopperfilm.com. While you're at it, make sure to keep up with Halfstack at www.halfstackmag.com, and you can follow us on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at Halfstack Mag.